Hey, welcome to the Ramble Room. Uh, I, of course, am Ken, and I'm here with David Iverson. David is flying the controls today. Thank you. Scary, huh? It is scary. There's a lot of switches and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Can Dave fly? Yeah. You can? Okay. And, and that was Garrett. Hi, everybody. Garrett's back with us. Diana, of course, is here. And our special guest today is Rex Rammel. You may have heard the name before, you may not, but Rex is a candidate for governor of the state of Wyoming. Is that correct? That is correct. I'm glad to be here. We're glad to have you. So one of the things we always ask folks, Rex, is give us your elevator speech. You'd think that uh, that would be easy to do, but I have several elevator speeches. Okay, this Give is like a 45 second to 60 second elevator ride. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, um, thanks again for having me uh, on the Ramble Room. You guys are becoming famous. Uh, it's a good opportunity to get to know everybody, so thank you. Um, I've been working on becoming a governor for 15 years now. It's insane how long I've had this goal on my mind. But I realized um, 15 years ago that it would be a governor that fixed the United States. And I know that sounds big, uh, but we'll get into it more. But I think, it, I think the state's rights amendment, is, which would be enforced by a governor, is the way to save the United States. And the details are to come. So there's my elevator speech. Do you have elevator music, Ken? I've got tons of it. The only place where you hear classical music, we're full of great information here, more than on the elevator is on Looney Tunes. <laughs> right. I actually read an article about it. It's true. That. Yeah, I probably am reading too It's much, a fitting program for you to watch. <laughs> so uh, tell me about three priorities. You step into the governor's chair. What are the first three things you're going to do? Well, the very first thing, is I'm going to sign an executive order on day one, and this will all, if I win in August, it look, there's only three candidates that are serious that I can see right now, and I haven't even heard of a Democrat filing, so whoever wins in August is going to be the governor-elect, I think. And so that would give me a few months to put my plans together, and my plan is on day one, uh, I'm going to sign an executive order and we are going to deny jurisdiction to the federal land managers and uh, walk them out of the state. It's a big, big, bold move, but I think uh, we've reached a point in history where it's do or die in Wyoming. We lose the fossil fuel industry and this state is gone. Um, people keep saying, oh, we can diversify this, we can diversify that. And I said, unless you figure out a way to make sagebrush valuable, we better fight for fossil fuels. Well, it is valuable to the sage grouse, right? Yeah, sage grouse. Well, valuable to me, too. I like yes. looking at it. Yeah. But that's, that's number one, and that's a big one. I mean, there's 30 million acres of natural resources that would move to state control with that executive order. And you can imagine it would start um, a big fight with the federal government. Explain what you mean by federal land managers. Uh, federal land managers, they're the people over the public lands in Wyoming. Uh, the BLM, you know, the Forest Service, P Park Service, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, um, those would be the main ones. EPA is involved at some, some, some uh, level. Um, they're all the people that are controlling Wyoming. 
because as our public land, as our natural resources go, that's so goes Wyoming, and they've got control on us. We've been marching to their orders for, well, since we became a state. And um, I don't see any other way. I think I, I just think we've reached a point in history where it's time to fight. So you're, go- you're going to tell the Bureau of Land Management, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Park Service. Everybody to just. That they got to go. All right. Okay. Just wanted to clear that up. The executive up. order will have the uh, whereases in it, uh, the reasons. Uh, st- and the, the, the top one will be, um, you know, um, unconstitutionality of their authority, that the, that the United States Constitution doesn't give them authority to control what's supposed to be sovereign states. Okay, well, hold on just a second. I mean, you just, you just said that the reason why you'd ask any federal land management agency to vacate the state is because they have unconstitutional control. But yeah. But isn't the governor using using an executive order the same the same type of thing? I mean, that wouldn't go through the legislature. You're, That's right. You're one guy saying that the entire state's going to kick him out. I mean, isn't that the same principle that you're trying to avoid? Um, no, I don't see it that way. I see the governor's role as he is the chief executive officer. He's tasked with enforcing the law, and what greater law to enforce than the Constitution? Uh, we were supposed to be a sovereign state. We were supposed to enter the union on equal footing, and that never happened. And it never will, by the way, um, unless somebody like me steps up and, and takes the bull by the horns. Uh, it's bo- it, it's bold. i got to give it to you, but doesn't mean it can't be done just because it hasn't been done. That's true. So there's one. Yep. Two uh, more things. Uh, number two is the school system. It's eaten up half of the budget. And it's time to uh, time to get this thing in line. Um, I stopped it on my way, or I went to Graybull last night, and I stopped in Shoshone. I had to see the forty-nine million dollars school that they built. Population of I don't know six hundred in the whole town, and they got a forty-nine million dollars school, and it's its own school district. Um, a superintendent making one hundred and forty-one thousand dollars, and I thought somebody's got to do something about this um it is insane and they're eating up so much of our budget and it's not just k through 12 i mean it's uw it's the um, community college system the whole thing has got to be reformed restructured uh we've got to get education under control so there's number two and number three is uh property taxes property taxes are going sky high all across the state um, and I see them continue, they're, they're, they will continue to go up as long as mineral um, revenue is down. So basically, uh, we could fix the property tax issue with my number one item, which is control over the federal lands, it would become state lands, but all the revenue would come back to the state instead of going back to D.C. So there's three. I got a whole, I got a list of others too, if you want them. It's interesting to me that You've been doing this now for 15 years, running for governor. Yep. And you just said that if you're elected in the primary on August 16th, I think is the date. Yeah. Uh, you think you'll be president, or you'll be shooting up president, president yeah. governor elect. Yeah. Why is it going to take you that long to put together your plan? I mean, if you've been doing this for 15 years, shouldn't your plans be more formed? It sounds like they're embryonic plans. Mm, well, I have to be the governor elect to move them forward 
one of my one of the plans is um, as soon as I win the primary to visit the other states. Um, I want to I want to go back to Idaho, uh, visit with whoever wins their primary and is the presumptive nominee for governor. I know those people. Um, I'm hoping it's Janice McGeechan. She's conservative. Um, she supports the public land transfer. Um, she's lieutenant governor right now. I think she's going to win, I hope. She's Trump-endorsed. Uh, Gianforte from Montana is a conservative governor. I want to go talk to him. I want to talk to Christy Nome um, and anybody else that will talk to me. Because I'd like to do this as a states' rights movement. I'm not scared to go it alone, um, and we may do that. Alaska is the other one I wanted to talk to. Um, this issue is, is in Alaska. Um, I was up there fishing this summer, and they're already talking about it. They're mad as hell over things up there, too. So, like I said, uh, I have to, I'd have to be the governor-elect to move some of the plan forward. I've thought my way through a lot of it. Um, I've talked to some people that said um, if we boot these guys out of the state, that the federal court system is going to, they're going to send a summons to us, United States government versus the state of Wyoming. And um, <clears throat> I've thought this, I, that's almost certainly what they would do, is try to get us in federal court and say, um, you have no authority to do this, da-da-da. And my point is, that if we don't recognize their constitutional jurisdiction over the land, then we don't recognize it in the courts either. And so we wouldn't go to federal court. They would summon us, and I would, I would make sure that the state of Wyoming just didn't show up, and, and they, they wouldn't know what to do. They'd go, oh, hey, they didn't show up. Um, but that's, that's how jurisdiction works. I learned this quite a long time ago. Uh, I've spent more than my share of time in a courtroom, both as a plaintiff and a defendant. I actually have a constitutional challenge right now against a state statute. And I've learned about jurisdiction. It's always the first issue. Does the court have jurisdiction over the matter of the, over the subject matter? That has to be answered number one. And and um, if you don't show if you don't recognize jurisdiction and you don't show up, then they have no authority over you. And that's a problem with a lot of the issues in Wyoming and throughout the United States, is we look at the federal government and we say, well, they're all powerful. They summon us to court, we got to go. But they do it on issues that they have no authority over. Um, that is the, uh, the, like the supremacy law. The supremacy law is only effective on matters of jurisdiction that they have. So if they don't have the jurisdiction, they're not the supreme law. And this is something I try to educate people on all the time, is that we got to start standing up for, for the powers that we have, but we've allowed the federal government to take. And so um, the land issue, it may sound complicated, but I don't think it's really going to be that big a deal. Uh, signature of a pen, and there's going to be all kinds of dust flying and threats and all, everything else. And I think the other states will join us. And, and when it's all said and done, I think the West will have its land back and its natural resources and the money. Okay, so aside from the federal lands, um, what are your what's another priority that you're going to look at? You mentioned education. Yeah. And what's uh, what's another idea you've got? Well, the property tax issue, um, and it's good that you asked that because the property tax issue plays into the uh, public land transfer. 
So 10 years ago, Wyoming split the uh, mineral royalties. Well, we split them. We still split them. But 10 years ago, it was a billion dollars. The feds got a billion, we got a billion. And so if we took over the land, um, theoretically, the mineral industry, well, not theoretically, the mineral industry would have a green light, okay? There would be, we'd issue all kinds of permits. We'd invite all oil and gas rigs back up in, rebuild the coal industry, um, our whole natural sort, start a timber industry. I can see within a short period of time that our revenue would kick back up to not only the billion that we were receiving, but we would have the billion that the feds were taking. So we'd have $2 billion coming off natural resources. And what I want to do is um, instead of using all that money, some of it, a portion of it would have to go to managing the land and everything that went along with that. But instead of taking that flu- that, that all that money and putting it into growing government, I think that it should stay in the counties to reduce the property taxes. And what I'd like to see is that at bare minimum, anybody that's 65 or older, they owe no property tax on their primary residence. I think that's a, I think that's a gift that uh, people ought to have and you shouldn't have to worry about losing your home in your old age. So we take away that property tax uh, issue and, and maybe we could do more because there's a lot of money. Um, the property, ta- the property taxes would be funded by the revenues from the land transfer. Just a quick follow-up on that. Yeah. I see a problem with that, in that and I'm all for it because I've been paying property taxes in Wyoming forever. But what happens when people stay outside of the state, flood in here once they're past the age of 65, mm-hmm. because now I can own property there without paying any taxes? Well, I see that yeah. as an issue. Well, they would be paying sales tax. That would be the primary uh, tax in, in uh, Wyoming. And sales and use tax pays for quite a bit of stuff around here. They're, they wouldn't be exempt from that. And probably a bunch of the sales tax exemptions would probably have to go away too uh, so, that, so that it's a level playing field. I've, I've always supported the sales tax as the most fair tax there is because it's dependent on what you buy. I mean, you want to buy a boat, you pay a little more. You don't. If you don't, if you're just buying something simple, you don't pay much. Okay. So, so we'd move to really to a, a sales tax state, and those people that move in would still have to pay their share of that. My question on that one was not really maybe a question, but um, a quibble about the terms as far as um, 65-year-olds not paying sales tax on their houses again. A property as tax. A, I mean, sorry, yeah. Um, as a gift, mm-hmm. like the state is allowing you know giving you something whereas by the time you are 65 and had paid taxes on something you already bought years and years ago it just sounds like that's fair to me not like this that the state is I like deigning that. to give you something yeah i like that yeah oh, okay. give them what they deserve yeah yeah what they what they already paid for yeah, they don't they... deserve it they paid for yeah it. yeah that's my right dad, my dad always said render unto caesar what is caesar's but don't give him everything he asked for <laughs> <laughs> so i yeah. i have another another problem with this whole thing let me just play yeah. devil's advocate that's with fine. you so 
Are you not picking winners and losers with property taxes? I mean, you're saying that just because you happen to be 65, uh-huh. that you're exempt from paying property taxes. On your or house. Has, on your house. Okay, right. Yeah. But what about everybody else that's not 65? I mean, you're saying that one group of people over here is more more deserving of not having to pay taxes. And this single, you know, this young family over here that's 35 years old has to pay them. I mean, picking winners and losers is one of the biggest problems in this state. And here we are. Um, first of all, you're going to have to change the Constitution to do it. But second, you're, aren't you picking winners and losers? Um, the, goal, the goal would be to exempt everybody's primary residence um, so that we could reach down to the uh, young families that need help. Um, I don't know how much you know, I can't see how all the money would be appropriated. Uh, there's going to have to be several million to run the land. Uh, we have to have a, uh, um, a fire program because we, we, we throw these guys out, then we're going to be in charge of forest fires. Uh, so, so there's money that's going to be required to run what I what I think will happen would be a new department called the Department of Public Lands. And they've got the 30 million acres. Um, the Department of Revenue would still be involved because they'll be collecting the royalty money and the grazing fees and use fees and all that stuff. But Dave, you're right. I, I mean, the idea is that nobody has to pay property taxes on their primary residence. And I would love the world I would love to live in a world where there were no property taxes. I hate property taxes. I, I call it the un-American tax. I mean, who wants to be taxed on your property that you work your butt off for, and then if you don't pay your taxes, they take it? I mean, that's not fair. Well, I mean, there's several examples of that. I was listening to the radio the other day, and they were talking about a landowner or property owner in Jackson. And last year, her taxes were like $10,000 or $9,000, excuse me. And then this year, one year later, now her taxes are nineteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And you know, I mean, it's if your taxes go up, go up a hundred percent. I mean, most people are not going to be able to float float that note. I mean, there's no way that yeah. I could. Yeah, it's a it's a real problem, and it's not just in Jackson Hole. I mean, you guys remember the Casper riots just a few years ago? There was like three thousand protests of property tax. Um, they, they, they had a hard time processing everybody's complaints. They jacked up the taxes so high. Well, they just came out here in Sheridan County. I got a notice a week or two ago on the value of my home. Their estimated value went up $53,000 in one year. Yeah. I don't remember the bottom line about what that comes to me, but let's just say that Biden remains in office for a couple more years and the economy is absolutely destroyed, and now my house is worth half of what it is now, I've been paying taxes on income I never realized. You mentioned the sales tax. Why not move everything to that? I think, I think that's basically my, what I would like to do. And who makes that decision, the governor or the legislature? Well, the governor's role is, I see the governor's role, his main role, He's got to balance the budget. He, uh, he enforces the law, but I see the governor's main role as, as the visionary. He's the guy that's got the bully pulpit. He's got the strong arm. I see the governor playing a role in this and making the case. Going to the legislature and saying, 
this is the situation. We need to change it. And, and that's, that's, that's really what this race is about. Because uh, Mark Gordon, uh, I'll just use him as an, as, he's one of the three. His vision is so contrary to mine. The way he leads this state is what is being voted on in August. Do the people like what he's been doing? Well, we're going to find out. I, I contrast with him in nearly every area. And so when you elect a governor, you elect a future, a, a vision of the future. Yes, he will balance the budget. Yes, he will veto laws and he sign laws in. But his, his greatest responsibility is leading the state one direction or another. I wanted to go back to what you were talking about with coal and oil. Um, what do you think about the nuclear plant? I'm all right with it. Um, I'm sure that we can make it safe. Um, um, nuclear, nuclear has fueled a lot of energy um, needs throughout the world. Um, I, don't see, I don't see a problem with it. And, but I also don't see that it could ever replace fossil fuels, at least not in my vision, not in the next decade two decades. I just don't see it. I see it as a small piece of the puzzle, but to replace coal, oil, and gas, by dang, you better have some, you better have some, some revenue generating power because they, they, they bring in almost 70% of the state's taxes. Everybody in this state is touched by the fossil fuel industry. And I talked to a guy down in Laramie one time. He, he worked there. I don't know. He was a professor. I thought he was. I saw him at the gas pump, and I said, this is when the coal mines were shuddering. And I said, aren't you worried about the coal mines? Oh, no, that won't affect us. And I thought, I told him, I said, oh, yes, it will. I said, you're going to get touched. You don't believe it. You just wait a few years. Everybody. And my message to all the government employees, you know, one out of four people work for some government, federal, state, or local. And my message to them is, you better, you better fight for the fossil fuel industry because that is where your money's coming from. And that's the school people in, included. We lose the fossil fuel industry, and you can just cut government right in half. Unless, and I don't even know if they could replace it with an income tax. It'd be really tough. Uh, but we, our option is let the Green New Dealers take over let the let let 30 by 30 happen remove all production off the off our natural resources and go to a high tax state i want to go back to the nuke thing for just a second how do you feel about the people that are behind this particular plant this particular system in camera not excited about that part of it um you never know about gates's motives um my eyes would be all over this thing for sure and I would be watching them very, very closely to, to, to monitor them. And, and if I thought that there was some, some bad things about to happen, I would certainly get involved and say something. But, yeah, I, I, don't, see, I don't see it as a great aid to the state. And I don't, I don't know how much damage they can do either. But I would be watching it for sure. I mean, if, if we go back to the, the concept of kicking the feds out of here and we take over all the property, 
uh, all the federal property. And I don't remember the number that the feds actually own or control in Wyoming. It's 30 million. 30 million acres. What percentage of the state is that? Close to 50. That's what I thought. Okay. Well, this number I'd heard too. Um, and, and we get all that, we get 2 billion back, which was 10 years ago. So it's probably closer to like 4 billion maybe, or maybe it's still 2 billion because of the stagnation of the coal industry. Mm-hmm. Um, why can't we wipe out all of the property taxes? You said you wanted that money to stay in the counties. Yeah. And so why not wipe out the property taxes or allow the counties decide what to do with it? I'm all for that. You know, because here in Sheridan, there's the one cent tax and they still have the property tax. And I think Buffalo has a 1% tax. Does it not, Dave? Mm, Yeah. 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 Okay. So we're back. (laughs) Thankfully, we're back to 5%. I don't know who had anything to do with that. (laughs) Thank you, David. (laughs) No, I think that's the goal. Yeah, I think. Um, so wouldn't that be something to live in a state where there's no property tax? Well, so so I come back to my original question. You've been doing this for 15 years. Yeah, you've got some beginning what I would call beginning ideas. I mean, you yep. want to use the 10th Amendment to throw out the federal government mm-hmm. and have states' rights. Have you talked to any constitutional scholars about the viability of that? Have you talked to any? Yeah. Uh, have you talked to any um, Wyoming constitutional scholars about the viability of that? And if so, what do they say? The only people I've talked to, um, I've got a friend that's got a Ph.D. in constitutional studies, and um, he sees no problem with it. There's several people that that I know. There's a um, author, um, um, Bud Hayward, wrote How the West Was Lost. It's a very, very in-depth, researched book, and he, he believes that it can be done. He made a case. His some of some of my ideas actually came from his work. Um, he makes the case that um, the federal government should not be in charge of the land, and and he believes that we do have constitutional authority over it. However, you talk to some attorneys, and they're like, oh, you can't do that. Well, I mean, I see it as us ending up in the Supreme Court and not skipping all the federals going straight straight to the Supreme Court. Because this is an issue between the state and the, you know, the existing federal government. It's not, uh-huh. you know, so I see us ending up in the, in the Supreme Court. And maybe currently you would win that, but in two years you may not. Well, I don't, I think, I think that'd be a death sentence to the movement. I do. No, yeah, not losing in the Supreme Court. Well, I think, I think we recognize their jurisdiction and we're going to be back, back in the same boat. I see the way to get around it as to avoid the federal court system. Well, so let's say that Wyoming doesn't recognize their jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. And we are addicted to their federal money, either through schools or Medicare or highway funds or something like that. And they come back and they said, and I'm old enough to remember where Nixon basically said, if you don't turn the speed limit down to 55, we're not going to give you back your, your revenue from the gas tax that we took from you. You know, so the federal government says that. It says, okay, we turn off the spigot on all these funds, to Wyoming, what's your next step? Well, number one, the beauty of Wyoming is that um, we get an additional billion dollars plus what we add value to it. So it could be more than a billion dollars. We can cut strings with them on several areas. Uh, one of them is like uh, the Department of Education, Federal Department of Education. If we've got an extra billion dollars, why do we need that money? They want to they want to threaten us with it. Say, don't worry, we'll take care of ourselves. There are other places where they could threaten us and try to hurt us. Um, but if you'll remember, 
um, President Trump threatened to hold funds away from, from these uh, sanctuary cities um, if they didn't turn over their illegal immigrants to ICE. <clears throat> Did you ever see any money withheld from those cities? No. You know why? Yep. Neither do I, but it didn't get withheld. Right, it didn't get withheld. <laughs> I'm just telling you that, that they... There is there are controls in 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 D.C. that does not allow them to withhold monies from one state and not another. No matter what the fight is inside the state, I don't think they legally can do it. Oh, it's, it's called co- coercion. They, there's a there's a federal law that federal money cannot be used in a coercive manner. So and, well, and I, they do, they do that all the time. By the way, yeah. But but a lot of that has to do with. Um, it, it's basically like blackmail, you know, do this or we won't yeah. give you money. So I have, I have a question. Not everything boils down to federal lands. That's okay? true. We have, we have problems in our state specifically with education that, you know, I, I don't think the federal lands could solve. For instance, um, we have multiple schools, um, you know, K through 12 that have teachers that are teaching critical race theory that are using, um, social emotional learning that are probably probably teaching sexuality in in kindergarten and kindergarten through third grade classes. Um, there was a couple bills in the legislature that got killed this past session that, that specifically related to those. So as governor, you see this as a problem that children are not being taught reading, writing, science, arithmetic. Mm-hmm. Rather, they're being taught, you know, that boys can use the girls' restroom and vice versa. So, as governor, uh, how would you how would you go about fixing that? That's a major problem. Well, um, even if that problem didn't exist, Dave, um, I've been a school choice advocate forever, um, and I'm a I believe in vouchers. I say tie the money to the student and let the parents decide where they're going to go, and and if the public schools are going to persist in teaching those sort of things. I think they'll have some empty classrooms, and they don't get paid unless they have students in their classrooms. Right, right the butts in the seats. Yeah, so so that that pretty much, uh, uh, if the parents, which the which I I believe the parents of Wyoming are ninety nine point nine percent against those social agendas, I think that if the public schools tries teaching them, we have a way to deal with them. All right, Ken, you want to wrap it up for us? I would be remiss in my duties as a journalist if I didn't ask this. And before I ask this, I'm going to tell you that in 1946, my grandfather was the head of the Wyoming Game and Fish. Oh. He was a game warden for about 30 years until he suffered a stroke and was forced to retire. But he instilled within me personally a very healthy respect for game laws. Mm Mm-hmm. If anybody does any research on you, they find that maybe you don't share that same respect. Um, that would be wrong. Okay. Um, if everybody reads and believes, if everybody believes what they read, then then they can take that position. But uh, you're referring to this elk case over in Idaho. That's correct. Yeah. Um, it was a zone violation. Um, nothing more. I had a license. I had a tag. The season was open. There were hunters up there. I kid kill a, a cow elk. I thought I was in the right zone. I pull up to a check station. He says, your tag isn't good in this area. 
and I challenged him. Uh, we had an argument right there over the rules and uh, went to court. In fact, it went to the Supreme Court. That's how convinced I was that the rules had been uh, were misleading. That isn't the profile of a poacher. But the headlines made it sound like I was a dirty dog that went up there in the middle of the night, killed an elk, drug her out without going to a check state, didn't have a license, didn't have a tag. You know, poaching has this connotation that um, you, you go up there to purposely, illegally take game. And that wasn't what I was doing. I simply had a zone violation. But it's been, I'm, I'm glad you bring it up because I have to, you know, I want people to know the truth. We and want to hear your side of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a thin pancake that doesn't have two sides. Let me, <laughs> let me follow that up with the second shoe, which has to do, of course, with, you know, you're a veterinarian. You know yeah. about brand inspectors. Sure. And the rumor has it that you transported horses without the proper paperwork. That's true. Um, except for the port, except for the part that it was illegal. Okay, um, that is the. I referred to a case. I referred in the opening comments that I had a case in in court. I had a constitutional challenge. I've challenged the brand law, that law, uh, on its constitutionality. So, um, without getting into too many details. Um, I, was, I moved some horses from Rock Springs to Pinedale, and a deputy stopped me in the middle of the road. He, he, he uh, flashed me down. He turned around, came back up, and he said, uh, can I see your brand papers? And I said, well, I don't have any. And he said, uh, I said, Did, is that why you stopped me? And he said, yeah. He says, I saw that you have Sweetwater County plates on, and you're pulling horses. And I said, well deputy i said uh, you got to have reasonable suspicion that a person's committed a crime before you can stop people in the middle of the road and i said you just violated the fourth amendment to the united states constitution and the wyoming constitution and he said well i don't know anything about that but the sheriff told me to stop anybody without a county plates that are pulling livestock and i said i i get it you're just doing what you were told i'll go talk to the sheriff so I went and talked to the sheriff and made my same point, and he said, well, the states told us that we have to enforce this law, 1931 law. And I said, all right, guys, I get it. I'll, I'll, I'll go to the courts and, and challenge it. And so I went in, and they had signed a magistrate over the first hearing. I made a motion to suppress for a lack of reasonable suspicion to stop, a Fourth Amendment argument. And I won. Um, the circuit court judge, he ratified the decision, said Mr. Rammel was stopped illegally. Um, they can't just stop you and ask for papers. And I think I made the comment, that's what happened in Nazi Germany, wasn't it? They'd ask you for your papers. So anyway, long, long story short, um, it's in the court system. And I challenge that law as unconstitutional. I think it will be, I think that's what's going to come down here shortly. One more quick question on the whole elk, the yeah. elk issue. So what's the difference between what, what you did and the following hypothetical example? Let's say, say I'm in Area 34 above Buffalo, and I see an elk in Area 35. 
which just happens mm-hmm. to be right across the road. Um, actually, 34 and 36 is a better example, I think. Um, it's separated by a fence. What's the difference between me shooting a bull elk that is right over the boundary and what you you did? Well, if you know where the boundary's at, then you you intended to break the law. Um, it just so happened that Idaho had a general season, and the and the and you can hunt with a tag anywhere there was a general season, and so I. But you had to declare a zone, um, and so I went to the original zone, which was two three hundred miles from where I killed the cow elk, and I didn't kill anything. So I thought, well, I have a general tag, and there's a general season open in this unit, so I'll go up there. And so it was a, a, a rule misinterpretation. They had just changed the rules. But, yeah, I wasn't shooting over the fence, and I, and I thought I was legal. We want to give you an opportunity, number one, to kind of wrap up anything that you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to say. And number two, if anybody would like to know more about you, how do they get a hold of you? Where do they find you? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. And I appreciate all you're doing. Um, uh, you're conservative people. And I've, I really feel like I feel like Wyoming is, is, is at a crossroads that it's never been in in Wyoming history. Um, the socialist agenda is moving hard on us. Um, they used to be, I think, I think the, uh, the left used to be tactful and a little bit covert about their ambitions, but I think they're openly out now that they want to destroy fossil fuels. They want complete control over our lives and they want to turn us into, uh, servants of the government or of the left. I think that's completely open and I, I don't think too many people argue with me anymore. And so now that, now that the fight is on the table, um, I see our choices as very few. Um, we can either give in, which some people have. Some conservatives I know have given in. They've given up. Um, we can go to a high-tax state, um, which I will fight to the bitter end to avoid. Or, or we can take this to the level that it needed to go to decades ago. And if it, and if it means a states' rights war then bring it on. Um, you need a governor with a titanium backbone to do this, and it's fortunate for the people of Wyoming that I was born with one. So um, let's get this fight on. That's what I say.